If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. I want to talk to you today about the love of God. And what I actually titled the message is, Do you have and show the love of God? And some of y'all would immediately answer and say, yes. But I want you to think about this today. I want you to really examine yourself. I know I say that a lot, but look, that's what this is about, right? Examining yourself, comparing your life to what the Word says you ought to be. Notice that this ain't Kevin telling you you ought to be this way. This is God. This is His Word. I would be a fool to get up here and try to tell you how you ought to live your life based on what I think. Okay? So Matthew chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 37. Actually, let's step back to verse 36. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Y'all pay real close attention to this verse. Jesus, the Son of God, is saying this is the greatest commandment. Let's forget about the Ten Commandments that Moses taught us about. This is what Jesus said is the greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. I'm going to continue in a minute, but I want that to sink in. I want you to really think about that now. So I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, and you need to have an answer. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. This is the second most important, Jesus said. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now let's put that in today's English. You should love everybody around you as much as you love yourself. Alright. Let's go ahead and read verse 40. On these two commandments... Hang all the law and the prophets. Everything you find in this book can be based on those two things, those two principles. Love God with everything you got and love everybody around you as much as you love yourself. And I guarantee you there's some of y'all here today that love yourself a whole lot, right? I do. And look, who am I going to be looking out for nine times out of ten? Me, right? That's normal. That's that's human nature. If you don't love yourself, you need to go see a psychiatrist. Right? There are people that don't love themselves. There's people that actually hate themselves. 
And they have mental issues. People need a medication, something. God needs to work in their life because that's not normal. The normal thing is for us to love ourselves, to care about ourselves enough to tend to our health needs. Whatever. Right? That's normal. So God says as much as you love yourself, you need to be thinking about other people as well. He didn't say love them also. He said love them just as much as you love yourself. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. How many of y'all here today can honestly say, I'm not talking about the other Ten Commandments. Y'all can tell you, at this point in my life, I keep those Ten Commandments, right? Most of us can say that. How many of y'all here today can honestly say that you, right now, I ain't talking about next week or tomorrow, right now, how many of you can honestly say that you meet, have fulfilled those two commandments in your life? Have you loved God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Have you loved others as much as you love yourself? You see, Jesus said that's the most two important ones right there. We focus a lot on not lying, not stealing, not killing, honoring your parents, not committing adultery, not being covetous. We focus on that stuff a lot, don't we? But Jesus said these are the most two important ones right here. And what does it mean to, to love God with all of your heart and soul and mind? Y'all, when I think about that, man, I just, I just tremble. Because I don't even know where to begin. I love God, but with all of my soul and my heart and my mind... I fail. I don't even come close. Loving my neighbor as much as I love myself. Man. I want you all to think about this real hard today. And look, I'm before this is over, I'm probably going to make somebody mad. I'm going to just tell you right out front. Get ready. Because you might leave here mad at me today. I'm I'm probably going to hurt your feelings. And there's probably some people that ain't here today that need to hear this. Y'all, I want you to know, loving God with everything you got means you got to sacrifice a lot. Loving God with all of your heart and soul and mind means there's a whole lot of things you got to give up. He might give them back to you later on, but right now, you need to just lay it down. I include myself in that. Listen, I am not up on some pedestal preaching down at you today, okay? I am not trying to tell you, I've done all of these things, now you need to follow suit. That's not what I'm doing. I include myself in this. I'm preaching to myself right now. If you're going to love God with everything you got, that means everything you got has got to go away, right? 
You've got to get rid of it and replace that with the love for God. We are called His servants, right? He's our master. That means we do His bidding. We do what He wants us to do. We do His will. You see, if you look into history, you'll see that when there was a slave or a servant, they didn't just go willy-nilly doing what they wanted to do. They were in subjection to their master. When their master said jump, they jumped. When their master said you go over here and do this, and you stay until it's done, that's what they did. Why? Out of fear, right? Fear of their life. Fear of their family's life. Fear of not having food. Whatever. They were in subjection and in bondage to that master. Do y'all think it's any different when you're in subjection to God? Look, now He set me free, right? He didn't set me free to just go willy-nilly doing what I want to do. He set me free so that I could serve Him. Now, what does that mean? It means I better love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my mind, and I better be looking to Him to find out what I need to do tomorrow. I need to come to Him and say, God, what do you have? Here to serve you. You're my master. It's a terrible thing to be in the hand of the Almighty God. You think you shouldn't fear Him? He has your life in His hands. You think God can't make things difficult for you? You think God can't withhold blessing from you and put you out there on your own where the enemy can attack? You think God, the Almighty Creator, can't hurt you? There is a reason to fear God, y'all. And we just... Yeah, I'll serve you when I get time. I'll serve you, God. Anything you want me to do, well, not that right now. See, i got things to do today, God. How about next weekend? Next weekend's clear on my calendar. i got time next weekend. There's just so much going on this weekend, God. God, it's raining outside. Do I really need to go talk to people about you today? God, I don't feel good. What in the world would have happened in Egypt when one of them Israelite slaves walked up to the taskmaster and said, man, I'd make them bricks, but my feet are killing me today. Can I come back tomorrow? They would have beat him within an inch of his life and probably did anyway. You see, there was a reason to fear them masters and those, those taskmasters. Thank God we don't have to live in fear. Thank God he, He's not that kind of master. He won't force His hand on us like that all the time. But I guarantee you, y'all, He deserves the same kind of respect. He deserves the same kind of honor. He deserves the same kind of attention. He needs us to look to Him and say, Master, what do you have for me? Now y'all, look, you can blow this stuff away and not ever think nothing else about it, but I'm here telling you the truth today. I'm here telling you that there is a reason to serve God. There is a reason to honor Him with your life. And to, for some brief period of time, set things aside for a minute and say, you know what, today I'm going to serve God. 
I'm going to put God first. Now look, you don't have to go to God every day and say, God, is it your will for me to go to work today? That'd be foolishness. Of course it's God's will that you go to work. He provided you with the job. He provided you with the means to provide for yourself and your family. But when it comes time to serve God, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real honest with y'all right now, and this is where you're fixing to get mad. When you know it's time to serve God, don't make plans for that time. If you know that on such and such day this happens, this is involved. Look, I'm going to be, oh, y'all listen. Y'all listen now. When it's, when it's church time, where should you be? Church. You ain't got time to be off on the lake on church time. There ain't time to be in town shopping and doing stuff at church time. It's time to serve God. This is His time. What are you doing the rest of the week? You're serving yourself. This is His time. I guarantee you there'll be 15 people here tonight. Y'all, I'm going to make you feel bad when you leave here. I want you to feel bad. Am I trying to make you? Yes, I'm trying to make you feel bad. This ain't coming from Kevin today. You see, God is tired of your lip service. God is tired of you playing Christian. This is not a game. This is warfare. You know what happens to soldiers that leave the field of battle when they don't have permission? Even in this day and age, you know what happens? They're killed. They're called deserters. They receive the death penalty. Y'all, we get awful wrapped up in our salvation and our security and our salvation and we take advantage of God. We take advantage of God and say, well, God, I've I got time for it later on. There will always be time to serve you. Right now, i just got all this other stuff to go on. Other stuff to do, God. You understand, don't you? Y'all, He understands. He understands you're putting Him aside in place of other things. That's what He understands. Just because He lets you do something don't mean He's okay with it. Right? I tell my kids, they'll ask me, Daddy, can we do this? And I don't always just come out and say no. But I might say, I don't think it's a very good idea for you to do that. And what do they say? Daddy, does that mean yes or no? So does that mean we can't do it? See, they want to do it bad. And all they want is that okay. But when I put it like that, there's this little thought in their head that's saying, you know, I really want to do that. But Daddy kind of seemed like he wasn't in favor of it. So I need him to clarify. Because if he'll say yes, I can go ahead and do it. It really don't matter what my conscience is saying. I'll just go ahead and do it. And some of y'all do that when you say, God, I've got this other stuff I need to do. Is that going to be alright? And God said, I really don't want you to. And for most people, silence is consent, right? Right? 
God don't say nothing. Must be okay. Y'all, that ain't, that ain't the way it works. That ain't the way it works. That ain't the way God is. See, God holds us to a higher standard. Y'all thought about that? We're held to a higher standard. You say, well, all my friends... All my, I don't care about your friends. Okay? I don't care about what your family's doing. I'm talking about you today. I don't care what your friends do on the weekend and during the week. I, it, it doesn't matter. What are you doing? You see, you're the one that's going to answer for that. You're the one that's held accountable for those things. Not your friends. Well, 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 well Daddy, my friends went to the club. It's okay for me to go to the club. How do they do? They go to church. How come they can get away with it? How do you know they got away with it? First John chapter 3. Y'all, this is straight out of the Word now. I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. First John chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. <clears throat> we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. How many of y'all love the brethren? Who is the brethren? The church, right? Brethren. I don't call them out in the world my brothers. They're not considered part of this family, Right? The church family is the brethren. You know you've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I told you all a while ago, some of y'all are so hung up on your security and your salvation, you've forgotten what the Word of God says. You see, this tells you real plainly, it don't matter what you call yourself, if you don't love your brother, death. Whosoever hateth his brother. Y'all, do y'all have hate? Y'all ever have hatred towards somebody wishing them evil? Man, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer, I don't care if you have been quote unquote saved. Y'all listen, I'm going to hurt you, man. I'm going to hurt you. No murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You know what that Scripture just said? It said, you ain't got to sit there and think hatred thoughts towards your brother. If you just see them in need and don't help them, withhold help, how can the love of God be in you? Doesn't that kind of make them the same? Make them equal? But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, Shutteth up his bowels of compassion. Y'all have compassion. 
Do you really have compassion? See, if you really had compassion, my wife would do nothing but cook cookies 24-7 because y'all was wanting to go and see people. You was wanting to go out and talk to people. We wouldn't have to worry about who's going to go Monday and Tuesday. Everybody would just be beating the door down and say, y'all got some more bags ready. I want to go talk to some people. Compassion, right? Why, why do you, how can I extrapolate that from what we just read? Because listen, there's people that don't know God still in this world. Do you know that? There's still people that if they died tomorrow would go to hell. You ought to have compassion. Listen to me now. You ought to have compassion and say, I can't sit here idly by while this world, this community, this town, people I've known all my life go to hell. I can't sit here and do that if I love them, if I have compassion on other people. And if you do, Listen, this is the Word, not me. If you sit there and you don't do it when you know you can, when you're perfectly able to get off up of your rear and go and talk to somebody, the love of God is not in you. That's what that Scripture says. Verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word. Oh, I love you. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Nobody cares about what you say. They want to see actions. Man, you can go to these people all day long and say, we love you and we care about you. And as soon as you're gone, did you do them any good? Did you do anything for them? Did you actually meet a need they had? It's empty. Just like this morning when I'm pulling it out of you. And I told you, don't pay me lip service. It's empty if you just say, oh, amen. But you don't mean it. See, it's easy to sit there and say it. It's real easy to say, oh, we're praying for people. But how many times have you really prayed for them? When somebody comes to you and says, look, i got a need. Would you pray with me? Oh yeah, I'll pray with you. And you forget it before you get to the car. Y'all, that ain't compassion. That's not the love of God. Told y'all it's gonna hurt. Do y'all hate those that are lost? Do you hate them? Do you wish they would go to hell? Then why in the world ain't we doing it? Answer me that. Y'all, somebody give me an answer. Why ain't we doing it? You know what that tells me, Brother Lemuel? I love myself more than I love others. Second commandment, fail. Y'all, if this ain't going to open your eyes, I don't know how else to say it. 
You say you don't hate them. You say you don't wish for them to go to hell. I guarantee you most of you sitting here today wouldn't or would say, I don't even wish that they were sick. I don't wish any kind of bad thing on them. But by your inaction. See, words mean nothing. Deeds mean everything. Your inaction is the deed that says, I want you to go to hell. Your inaction is the deed that says, I could care less if you die tomorrow. I could care less if your child has been maimed. I could care less if you got cancer and your whole family is dying this next week. That's what your inaction says. I know that sounds harsh and cruel, but it's the God's honest truth. When you do nothing, it's the same as going up and shooting them right in the head yourself. You might as well have been the hater that killed them. Murderous. Vile generation. Why do you think Jesus was so put out with the scribes and the Pharisees? Because it was the same thing. Same thing we see today. Words, but nothing to back it up. We ought to be ashamed, y'all. Every one of us ought to leave here today with our head hung low, falling on our face, begging God to forgive us. First John chapter 4, verse 19. If a man say, I love God... Y'all ever say that? I guarantee you there ain't a person in here that ain't ever said, I love God. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. God don't pull too many punches in His Word, does He? He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen... You know them. You know these people. You're around them all the time. All of us probably at some point, even those that don't live here, drive through Canard, And you've seen these people. You know they exist. It's not some fairy tale somebody made up about this community called Canard, where there's a population of 400 and some, pe- some odd people. We know it's real, Right? So for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? You see how much sense that makes? That's why why he said you're a liar if you say that. Because you see these people. And you have got to be... Listen, I have been right there. I have to pray and say, God, give me compassion for people. Because my human nature is to not give a flip about somebody else. So I know, I recognize that. And I have to pray and say, God, that needs to change. Because I know it's not right. The Spirit of God within me does not let me sit comfortable with that feeling. Okay? God will reprove you and correct you if you listen to Him. So I have to pray, God, give me love and compassion for people. And He does. All of a sudden, my eyes are open and I see the destitute situation people are in. 
How can I sit there and not do something when I see these people? How can I claim to love God who I've never seen? It's by faith that I know He exists even, right? It's just something I feel inside that, and things that I've seen that have proven that He exists. I've never seen Him. It's faith. How can I say I love God if I can't love them people that I see hurting, that I see they're in need? And honestly, none of them have ever done me wrong. None of them. How can I do that? How can I just sit by? Y'all listen now. How can I just sit there and watch one after another leave this life not knowing God? I don't even know if they've had the opportunity to hear about Jesus. I can assume... We know where that gets you, right? How can I sit there and just watch these people go to hell if I claim to be a Christian? What does the name Christian mean, y'all? Somebody tell me. Christ-like. That hurts. I've called myself a Christian for I don't know how long. Jesus would not sit there and I got other things to do. Jesus would not just sit by and watch suffering. What did he do? Every time he encountered somebody, man. He fixed things, didn't he? Man, he would he would change their life dramatically. That blind man. Whew, now I can see. That's all I know. I don't know anything about Jesus, but I know now I see. See, he, he changed lives. He had impact on people. Do you think Jesus didn't have something better he could come up with? Man, a, a upcoming carpenter, nice career, you know, family business. Jesus didn't have nothing. I guarantee you He could have found something to do though. We can all find something to do. That's not a problem. Stepping out of that comfort zone is a little more challenging. What are we afraid of? Anybody have a clue? What are we afraid of? What are they going to say? And how's that going to change your salvation? You see, I'm saved. Blessed assurance. I know where I'm going, buddy. There ain't no question in my mind. When I leave this earth, I know where I'm heading. Why do I give a flip about what anybody says about me? This life is but a vapor. Listen, Courtney, how old are you? Seventeen. You think you've got the whole life ahead of you, right? You think, I've just been here a little bit. I'm 36 years old. I feel the same way. feels like it just happened yesterday. You know why? I guarantee you Brother Cleon sitting back there can say the same thing. It seemed like just yesterday when I was in school. 
This life is a vapor. It's nothing. We think we're giving up so much because we only have so much. We just have a little bit of time we can go do this. If I don't do it now, I may not ever get another chance. I'm telling you right now, the things this world has to offer, I don't care if it's college. I don't care if it's some big fancy job you're going to have. It's all worthless if you aren't serving God and loving Him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. You see, those things are just the way God can use you to do that. Those are just tools God can give you. But all along the way, that don't mean you can say, well, Ryan, I don't have time right now, God. I'll get to it later on. Meanwhile, people are just dropping like flies going to hell. We're supposed to be Christ-like. Let me give you another, another example of that, right? <clears throat> God loved us before we loved Him. That's the kind, of God, the kind of love God has shown. While I was still His enemy, God loved me. I love Him because He loved me, right? Now, That's before I'm saved. After I'm saved, call myself a Christian, I'm supposed to be Christ-like. Who is Christ? God. So that means I need to be showing God's love to people. See, I don't have to wait for somebody to love me for me to show them love. That's not like God. Anybody can do that, right? Anybody can do that. I'm supposed to be loving people before they love me. I'm supposed to be showing people love before they love me, before they even love God. I'm supposed to be showing them God. I'm supposed to be showing them Christ. They need to be able to look at me and this church and the people here and say, there's something different there. See, that's what they saw when they saw Jesus. They didn't see, we talked about in Sunday school this morning, they didn't see somebody that was beautiful to look at. They didn't see this superstar. They just saw another man. And then they were around him just long enough to see something different. All of a sudden, they saw life that they didn't know existed. They saw something so much deeper than anything they'd ever seen before. They began to see Him heal people and change people's lives. And, and they, had to, they had to sit back and wonder, didn't they? They had to say, oh man, there's something different about that guy. You either loved Him or you hated Him. I guarantee y'all, there's going to be some people who hate you. So what? So what? They can't hurt me. You know what, Even if, if I, let's just throw a real big hypothetical situation out there and I'm getting ready to close. Let's say I went down to Kennard to, to do our little thing and I'm going to talk to some people and I walk up on somebody's doorstep and it's nothing but a motorcycle gang in there. And they come in and tie me up and drag me down the road behind a motorcycle and I die. Do I want that to happen? 
God forbid. But I win. And you know what the best part is? I did it serving my, my king. I did it serving my master. Think of the reward. See, the Word says He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And I guarantee you, you can't be diligently seeking God pleasing yourself. Y'all stand with me. I'm not even going to open the altars this morning. I want you to go home and think about this. Church starts at 6 tonight. You say, well, Kevin, are you trying to force us to come? Yeah, I'm trying to force you to come. We need you here. You know how discouraging it is to see 60, 80 people here Sunday morning and 20 on Sunday night? You know how discouraging it is for those that are trying to serve this church and Wednesday night there's four women that come every week? You know how discouraging that is for those that are trying to serve the King and they see their own people, their own family, cut them short? I told you, I'm trying to hurt your feelings because something else ain't working. Y'all can be mad at me if you want to. I don't even care right now. I want you to love me. I want you to be here. And I'm gonna, man, I'm going to lay this out there, y'all. Y'all don't leave here talking bad about me because I said it, because it's your own fault, okay? If you don't want to come, if you don't want to take part of this church and be an active member, an actual living part of the body of Christ, go somewhere that, that they don't mind, please. Please. I love each and every one of you. I mean, I love y'all so much you don't even know. You don't, I seriously, you don't know how much I love you. I love y'all so much. But if y'all can't support us, if you can't back this church and, and be active trying to serve God, we need to make room for somebody that can. Okay? Man, I say that. So, y'all, I'm not, I'm not taking this lightly today. Y'all don't know how hard it is for me to say these things. Because I know it hurts you. I know it cuts you deep and that's not my intention. But I'm telling you the honest truth today. God desires you to serve Him. This church will serve. Just like Joshua said, that my house, today, we choose we're going to serve the Lord. This house of God will serve the Lord. I ask you to join in with me. I beg and plead you to come and and be a part of this body, not just a facade.